La pendule fait tic-tac, tic-tic Les oiseaux du lac, pic-pac, pic-pic Glou-glou-glou font tous les dindons Et la jolie cloche ding-ding-dong Mais boum, quand notre cœur fait boum Tout avec lui dit boum Et c'est l'amour qui s'éveille Hey, bonjour rugby friends and welcome to the last edition of French Rugby Connection with moi, Véronique Landieu and... And Mike Pierce. Mike Pierce, guess who I had the pleasure to speak with earlier this morning? Oh, I don't know, the milkman? <laughs> milkman, I don't milkman anymore. It's no, no, yeah. as old I am, doesn't it? This is a, no, a lost <laughs> job. No, Yannick Josion. Brilliant player. Yeah, one of the all-time uh, top centres of France. He was actually qualified as one of the best centres in the world. Brian O'Driscoll was one of his fans. It was a case of a little bit of uh, Antoine Dupont versus Aaron Smith. You know, it was more or less the, the, the same. It was magnificent. I have to say, I would like to give a very big thank you to Tom Dixon, who has been very kind to be my, my translator, not only today, with Yannick Josion, but also with uh, Fabien Pelou. So uh, thank you very much. Well done, Tom. Yannick Josion played, he played for a very long time in Stade Toulousain and in the really successful years in, in the 2000s with the likes of William Serva, Fabien Galtier, Christophe Dominici, Michalak and all the rest. Du Sautoir, of course. Yeah. So, yeah, it was great. And he's still involved in the rugby world. I think uh, you will enjoy my, my chat with him. Excellent. Bonjour, bonjour tout le monde, bonjour Monsieur Josion, je suis ravie de vous voir comme ça. C'est que... très gentil. Et l'année dernière, alors j'ai parlé à vos anciens coéquipiers, j'ai parlé à Serge Petsen, Olivier Magne, j'ai parlé à Fabien Pelousse, Abdel Benal. Alors, je vais poser les questions en français. Oui. And then I say what has just happened, I will translate into English. Ok. Très bien. Très bien. Écoutez, moi aussi je suis... Je suis content de pouvoir euh, échanger sur, sur les thèmes autour du rugby, voilà, à l'international. All is well, thank you. I am also happy to be able to talk about rugby on the international stage. Parfait. Alors, euh, pour rappeler votre carrière rugbyistique, donc vous avez joué dans l'équipe des Bleus avec Fabien Galtier, Olivier Magne, Dominici, 73 fois. C'est ça, c'est vrai, effectivement. Oui. J'ai joué voilà, dans, les, dans les années 2000, on va dire. Olivier Magne, Raphaël Ibanez, Serge Benzen, Issa Califano également un petit peu. Donc... Yes, I was very lucky to get 73 caps in the French team between 2001 and 11. I was playing with great colleagues, Belouz, Ibanez, Magne. It was a wonderful time. Et votre carrière euh, euh, dans l'Hexagone donc, parlez-moi de votre expérience rugbyistique dans les clubs français, justement. Alors, j'aime bien préciser que j'ai commencé le, le rugby à, à Groyer. Ok, I started in Crowley in the 1980s. Et ensuite, euh, je suis parti jouer à Colomiers. And then I went on to play for Colomiers in 2000-2001. We were in the first division. We had just lost a final of the Championship of France. 
Et ensuite, vu que Colomiers était, euh, est en banlieue toulousaine, j'ai profité euh, d'aller au stade toulousain en 2002 et d'y jouer jusqu'en 2013 et de pouvoir... Euh... And then just down the road from Colomiers was Stade Toulousain and I went there from 2002 to 2013 where I participated in the wonderful matches of the time uh, both in the top 14 and in Europe. Quels sont vos meilleurs souvenirs de, de rugby Donc, c'est particulier euh, qui est le match que l'on a joué en quart de finale contre les All Blacks pendant la Coupe du Monde 2007, puisque nous étions euh, donnés perdants hein, pour, pour euh, la majorité des, des fans de rugby. Et nous avons réussi à gagner ce match avec euh, un sort un peu exceptionnel. Donc, ça reste nos meilleurs souvenirs à l'île de France. The best memory was, of course, the quarterfinal of the 2007 Rugby World Cup in Cardiff at the Millennium Stadium, as it was then. France beat the All Blacks, and Yannick, I believe you scored a try. Oui, c'est ça. J'ai participé à ce match en inscrivant un essai. Et c'était un essai typiquement toulousain, parce que tu t'étais fait par des Toulousains. Ah, il y avait Damien Trail. Damien Trail, ouais, aussi, ouais. Mais à part ça, c'était Michel Blanc, Elissade. So Yannick's try was largely made by Stade Toulousain players with Elissade and Michelac, with a few others involved. It's a team effort, but Yannick scored. Oui, je dois dire que hier, j'ai regardé sur YouTube justement ce match et c'était mais vraiment un, un essai mais fabuleux. Il n'y a pas d'autre mot. Ah, oui, c'est un, un essai, euh, je dirais, euh, avec une belle efficacité, voilà. Peu, peu de temps de jeu, mais euh, très efficace. Le Bernard Laporte nous avait dit pour ce match, très efficace. Bernard Laporte had said to the players to be precise, to be surgical in, in their skills. And it was a wonderful try, uh, rapidly done, beautifully executed. J'y étais. <laughs> and I, I, I can translate it. Tom Dixon was uh, was just saying that uh, he was in the crowd and he was actually not only admiring the French game <laughs> because obviously he was against the All Black, but also shaking hands with Sarkozy and so on. So just it's just a drop a few a few names. Et vos par contre en 2003 la demi finale contre les Anglais. Oh là là au stade Telstra. En Australie, que s'est-il passé ce jour-là ah, C'est vrai que cette Coupe du Monde en Australie en 2003, c'est vraiment très très bien déroulé pour nous. On a, on a fait des, presque, je dirais, des matchs parfaits en poule ou en quart de finale mm -hmm. contre les Irlandais. Mais, euh, mais la demi-finale a été plus compliquée, euh, euh, surtout à ce moment mi-temps. Et oh. ça reste un peu un regret, cette Coupe du Monde. On aurait pu aller plus loin. Okay, Yannick is referring to the, was asked about the court, the demi-final in 2003, France against England at the Telstra Stadium in Sydney. The, the work up to the match was, was very good. The pool matches were pretty perfect. The quarter-final was perfect. Yes. But it's just a question of losing the maîtrise, the mastership in the demi-final, always to be regretted. Oui. Est-ce que qui ont été aussi douloureux lorsque vous avez vous avez joué contre les les les, les Anglais? Well, uh, equally, 
Okay. Were there equally or differently painful memories from other games, particularly against the English? C'est vrai que contre les Anglais, c'est jamais évident. Il y a une espèce de de rivalité ancestrale. Et c'est vrai que là, à l'occasion de cette demi-finale en 2003 en Australie, et c'est vrai qu'il c'était pas dans le fait de développer peut-être énormément de jeux, mais ils étaient très pragmatiques, très efficaces. Okay. It's true that there's always been an ancestral rivalry between France and England. It's always hard played, they're tough. And it's just on that day in the semi-final in Sydney, they had the upper hand. Oui, tout à fait. Il y a toujours cette histoire du crunch. Naturellement, lorsque les Anglais rencontrent les Français, vice-versa, cette rivalerie, j'avais dit. Donc, vous avez beaucoup joué contre l'Angleterre, vous avez beaucoup gagné, vous avez beaucoup perdu également, vice-versa. Mais quel est l'adversaire le, le, le plus redoutable, redoutable que vous avez affronté dans cette équipe Who is the most terrible uh, group. <laughs> it's true you played against English teams many times, but who is the adversary that sticks in your mind as the most difficult? Forcément, Johnny Wilkinson était le, un joueur clé dans cette équipe, euh, puisque c'était un peu la, la plaque tournante. Euh, c'était pas le, le joueur difficile à jouer dans le sens où euh, c'était pas quelqu'un de, de c'était pas le plus rapide, c'est pas celui qui avait le plus de crochets, mais par contre. Okay. A strong memory is of course Johnny Wilkinson, who we played against many times. Obviously, he wasn't the fastest player. He, he was not going to be the person on the pitch who could uh, sidestep the best, but he was a master strategist. He could read the game and he could keep it moving all over the place. Oui, et d'ailleurs, euh, il avait été plusieurs fois ciblé naturellement par votre coéquipier Serge Benson, le sécateur. <rire> N'est-ce pas Je crois qu'il avait eu, qu'il avait copé d'un carton jaune lors, lors de ce match. Et au, au niveau de Uh, the, the Serge Betson on the French team took particularly took particular joy in helping the team take care of Johnny Wilkinson and trying to negate his famous skills. Et à la fin de ce match, Bernard Laporte avait dit uh, Johnny Wilkinson a bien joué. C'est bien dommage qu'il soit anglais. And at the end of the match, the trainer Bernard Laporte was heard to say that Johnny Wilkinson had played extremely well. What a shame he wasn't French. I've got a question for you. I hope you enjoyed that, my chat with Yannick Jean. Oh, it's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah, carry on. What's the, uh, what's the yes. question? How many Welsh players have played in the French teams in the top 14? Well, let me think. Lee Halfpenny, Aaron Jarvis, Gethin Jenkins, James Hook. What others have there been? Jamie Roberts. Jamie, yeah. Mike Phillips. Yeah, you haven't given me much time to think about this one, but they're, they're certainly the ones that, that spring to mind. 
Okay, sounds good. So that means you being Welsh and will, with all your Welsh connection, we should have uh, soon a Welsh uh, rugby player I can chat with. Oh, yes, of course. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so that would be your challenge, Mike. Okay. 2022. Right, I accept the challenge and I will make it happen. Another topic I'm really keen to speak to is, do you have any news about your book? Well, it's supposed to come out in 2022. I mean, COVID is, uh, like everything has affected everything else, it's affected the uh, the book industry as well. But yeah, we're certainly hopeful for it coming out in 2022. Beginning of 2022? Not the beginning. Of- I think it'll be sort of mid-2022. mid, mid 2022. But certainly, uh, certainly before the World Cup, that's for sure. <laughs> before the World Cup 2023. Yeah, it'll be out before um, that. And can you refresh our listeners, you know, what your book is all about? Yeah, we initially started with an idea of the hard men of French rugby. So I've picked a 15, uh, a team, one to 15 of all the tough guys of French rugby. But then um, I expanded it further and looked at the areas they came from, the sort of uh, the history of the area, the food of the area. And it turned into sort of an odyssey of France's relationship with rugby So although the basis of it is the 15 hard men of French rugby, it gives a much bigger uh, picture of France, of French cuisine, of French drink, and how the French view rugby and how it impacts on their lives. So, yeah, I think people will enjoy reading it, uh, to be honest, when it is eventually published. <laughs> Brilliant. Can't wait. Keep us posted anyway, because I had a few questions you know, regarding your books. You know, the, uh, Our listeners yeah. are interested to find out when it will finally be publish but uh, yeah there are things that are worth waiting for in life yes well that's what they say isn't it <laughs> <laughs> anyway let's talk about the european cup my goodness oh. okay okay so let's speak about last weekend because you uh, i saw your comments on twitter and also on on your blog so tell me what your thoughts are Well, it's a bit of a shambles, isn't it? Because because the previous week, games were cancelled because of COVID and European rugby said that there's no room in the calendar to rearrange these games. So um, the teams that are at fault, if you like, will lose the match 28-0. Now, last weekend, they cancelled a whole host of matches, mostly involving French teams. And they've said that they'll find room in the calendar to rearrange these games. So... You know, it's, it's it, a it's uh, it changes their message, and b I think it's a bit unfair to the teams in the previous week who who had to cancel because of COVID. So you know, it's all a bit, it's all a very much a bit of a mess. However, there was a French team who played last week. Yeah, well, there were three. I mean, there were two in the Challenge Cup, and of course, the one in the Champions Cup. Uh, Munster were at home to Castra. Munster 19, Castra 13. It wasn't the most entertaining of games for the purists, but you know, it was a real battle. And Castra hung in. They got a, a losing bonus point in the end. The only difference was two penalties. Munster one try each. O'Donoghue got a try for Munster, and Corwith got a try for Castra. Healy kicked 14 points for Munster and Udepileta kicked eight for for Castro. So the only difference was the two penalties by Healy. But yeah, Castro dog, dogged it out. But, you know, once again, our friend Rory Cockett, who has probably got the, uh, the, the shortest fuse in, 
in French rugby. He got marched back 10 metres twice for having a go, <laughs> having a go at the referee. And he was, you know, he just talked all from the minute he came on to the minute he, to the final whistle. But uh, yeah, win, win for Munster. Whilst um, touching on the Challenge Cup games, Toulon, they beat Zebra of Italy 28-14. Probably the most notable thing of that match was Cheslin Colby made his Toulon debut. Three yellow cards for Zebre, but Setiano, Rue and Serran and a penalty were the points for Toulon, along with three penalties from Carbonell. And there was a game in Wales, the Dragons. They lost to Lyon 28-41. Four tries for Lyon. He scored two. Burdo kicked 21 points with the boots. So, yeah, very good win, win for Lyon and a good home win for Toulon. Yes, let's see what happens, but I agree with you. This is a very, very, very difficult situation that the EPCR is, is facing because whatever they do, it will be criticized. Yeah. Right? Between, you know, if they, are, if they do that, what's the saying? If you, you are damned. Yeah, damned if you, if you do and damned if you don't. Whatever you do, I think it's got to, it's got to be consistent. You know, and the anomaly here is the Racing game against Ospreys. Ospreys announced um, early that that they couldn't field a team because of COVID. So Racing were awarded the match twenty eight nil. And the following day, the French government said the French teams can't travel. So if they if Ospreys had hung on another day, they'd have the chance of having their match replayed. So you know, it just gets. More and more messy, but all sorts of rumours that they're going to reduce the uh, the knockout stages, and I think uh, we'll, we'll just have to have to wait and see how it all folds. And who's to say, come January, the next round of matches on the fourteenth and fifteenth, you know, we may be in a COVID situation again. So yeah, we'll just have to see how it pans out, I guess. Yes, but European Cup is in one competition, which is. Rather thrilling, not only players but also you know supporters are eager to watch and participate. So my guess, if pending the the COVID situation, it would be like you mentioned earlier, a quicker round yeah. of knockout. Because I don't see at that stage that competition to be cancelled. No, yeah, it it will carry on. But oh yeah, forget, yeah. Don't forget the Toulon were very hard done by last year. Yes. Yeah, I know. It's, you know, sadly, it's going to be like this with COVID, isn't it? And uh, I guess we just got to make the best of it. But, you know, I think there has to be fair, some sort of fairness all round. But anyway. We will see. Well, they will have to come up with a compromise. Yeah. But, uh... Let's talk about the top 14 because yeah. right now, obviously, there are no matches, but top 14 is starting all over again this weekend. Yes, in in true French style, we've got two boxing days. I know you like to celebrate, so... Um... <laughs> we don't have boxing day in France. Oh, don't you? No, we don't. Oh, okay. Because I believe that Boxing Days were made when royalty or people would live in, in castle, like the law. Oh, okay. Yeah, you, you you executed all your lot, didn't you? So I guess We it's... did. We did, you know. They were always... No, I won't say anything because who knows? Mark Tindall might listen to our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know, the, the great thing I was reading about the top 14, I think 80 or 85% of the players have all been vaccinated. So that is great for 
the top 14. And as we stand, we've got a full programme of matches. Do you want me to go through them? I'll do some. And Perpignan versus Castres, Sunday, 26th of December at 3 o'clock. Yeah. Then Toulouse versus Stade Francais. That should be a good game. Yeah. Stade Francais is eager to win. It's going to be a tough one. Then we have Brive against Clermont Auvergne. Sunday at 5 o'clock. What are the other games? On the 27th, we've got Biarritz at home to Montpellier. That's 14th against 3rd. Uh, Rassinger at home to Poe. That's 8th against 9th. Then La Rochelle are at home to Lyon. And that's an interesting game because it's 5th against 4th currently. And then Toulon at home to Bordeaux, the, the top 14 leaders as we speak. Yes, and you heard about Toulon, actually. Michalak has joined the coaching staff yeah, as well. Yeah, Interesting. yeah. Interesting. Yes. Interesting. Yes, so I guess there will be some change in the tactics. And yeah. So, yes, so we'll see. You know, um, it's, we are halfway there in terms of the competition. Yes. That's yeah. 13, 13 rounds of rugby's. Yeah, that's pretty good. And we haven't had, you know, we're all up to date and there's no matches outstanding. That's pretty impressive when you when you consider all that's been going on in the world, isn't it? However, depending on how the COVID situation yeah. happens, the yeah. Welsh Federation has already announced that the oh. games will be played without supporters. So I wonder whether France will be following the same um yeah, but you, you know this is this is one of the anomalies, isn't it? At Twickenham next Monday, there's a crowd of seventy thousand for Harlequins against Northampton, and yet um, an hour and a half drive uh, down the M4, there'll be no spectators at all. So yeah, yeah, it's a strange world, isn't it? It is. <laughs> news what's been happening well some very sad news this morning from uh, la rochelle kevin gordon the flanker has had to announce his immediate retirement they found out he's got a heart problem there was actually a press conference as we speak to give further information but but gordon has had to retire immediately great player certainly one of my favorite favorite french players he won 19 caps for france joined la rochelle in in 2012 and has been instrumental in la rochelle's success you know their rise from nothing to the to the heights of top 14 and european finals 221 appearances for La Rochelle, 120 points. He got his first cap for France in Argentina in, in 2016. Great tackler, a great he's got the speed of a of a winger in, in many respects. Yeah, and, and very sad to see a guy, you know, 31, still had a, quite a few years left in him. But I guess, you know, your health is, is more important and hopefully it, it's something as I say we don't know the full details, but hopefully it's something that that apart from not playing rugby won't affect his his quality of life too much. But yeah, sad news from the the Bay of Biscay area today. Yes, yeah, it was definitely Monsieur La Rochelle because he was playing uh, for La Rochelle when they were still in the Division 2. Yeah, yeah. So he, he saw their rise. Yeah, absolutely. To the top, yeah. to the yeah. top from nowhere. Last year, they played the top 14 and the European Cup uh, final. Uh, at Twickenham. Yeah, both finals, top 14 final and the 
Heineken Cup final against Toulouse. They lost both, but, you know, that's an incredible rise for that club over recent years. A bit like Exeter in the English League. Yeah, and as you say, Kevin Gourdon has been an ever-present and and a major influence in, in the club's success. So, you know, we wish him all the very best for the future. Yes, absolutely. And it's nice to see some club from a northern part of France, you know, rising to the top as well. Christophe Urios has decided to extend his contract by two years. So he will be leaving Bordeaux in 2025. Okay. That's, uh, yeah, that should bring a smile to his face anyway. <laughs> Depending, either way, did say. He <laughs> needs to have, he still needs to feel that. A- he needs to have a reason yeah. to get up because it's very black and white. You know where you stand, I think. With yes, I'm sure, you. yeah. And he wrote a book as well. I think I, I need to, to buy it. That would be quite interesting. But management style, I believe. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, that should be an interesting book then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But no, they're doing very well. Don't forget, before the COVID, I nearly hated, you know, the top 14 competition in 2020. Bordeaux was topping the top 14. That competition stopped after the 17th day, so around March. So they were in the, in the pole position. And now they are topping the top 14. Yeah, they're a good good side, aren't they? Very good side. Very tough side to beat. They have good players. Got Jalabert. They have yeah. Ben Lam. Yes, yeah, Ben Lam is really, uh, really playing well this season. And many other players. Okay, a French lesson. Okay, here we go then. Let's try and get it right this time. Yeah, so I was listening to a, a podcast actually from uh, L'Equipe earlier. Okay. In which Vincent Moscato was the, the guest. Okay. Vincent Moscato, you remember him, do you? Yeah, I do indeed. Yeah, got, got sent off against England. Yeah, in <laughs> uh, some many years ago. Yes, yeah, love and hate relationship with the English team. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> Le crunch in the time when yeah. he used to play against the like of Brian Moore. Brian Moore, Carly. absolutely, yes. And yeah, they had the many rest. battles, didn't they? There was so, a respect. So, yes, you are right. He was a hooker as well. So yeah. And he played for Brief Stade Francais. But he did say, you know, what he really doesn't like. doesn't like when French rugby now, you know, using some English words. Okay. <laughs> so, I'm going to ask you, how do you say flanker? Troisième lime. Yes. But also, people have started using flanker as well. Uh- so rugby friend i hope you enjoyed our last french rugby connections and so what so when are we back then we are back next week next week of we'll course be, no no, no rest, rest. Oh, blam, i don't get a week off then that's what <laughs> <laughs> we had a month off a few weeks ago, so uh, no, of course, right. it's, uh, we'll carry on. Well, well, all I can say then is uh, Joyeux joye Noël, yeah? Correct. Joyeux Noël, or in my native tongue, Nadolig Llawen. Sorry, can you say again? Nadolig Llawen, which is Welsh for Merry Christmas. Oh, I see, I see. <laughs> 
Oh, so I, I wasn't having a coughing fit. I was actually <laughs> speaking Welsh. You're all right. Well, I hope every, and hope you know all our listeners have a great Christmas. More importantly, I hope they stay safe and avoid illness. And you know, we've got a big year coming up. Six Nations will be here before we know it, and hopefully, this latest wave of uh, COVID will be well and truly behind us, and we can look forward to packed crowds again at the Six Nations and the top fourteen. We've got the semi-finals coming up in Nice, final in Paris. It's going to be action-packed all the way through 2022. So stay tuned to the French Connections podcast with moi, Véronique Lindieu, and moi, Michel Pierce. La pendule fait tic tac tic tic. Les oiseaux du lac pic pac pic pic. Glou 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 font tous les dindons. Et la jolie cloche ding ding dong. Mais boum, quand notre cœur fait boum. Avec lui dit boum et c'est l'amour qui s'éveille.